This is your invitation to a masterclass in engineering and design. Your ticket to go from zero to 60 with the Lexus Performance Line. A feeling this dynamic is invite only. Fortunately, you're invited. Experience the exhilaration of the Lexus Performance Line and some of the best offers of the year on select models at the Invitation to Lexus sales event, now through April 1st. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. This is Jenny Allen, and you are listening to the Made for This podcast. Welcome back to the Made for This podcast. We are super excited because this week, thousands of you have already signed up to become a Theology family. And if you missed it, last week, Jenny released her first five book series for kids called The Story of God. And we want you to be a part of this. If you go to theology.com, that's T-H-E-O-L-A-B-Y.com order the story of God box set, you will get some incredible freebies to help you in this year long journey of giving your little kids a big view of God. So head on over there, theology.com and order the story of God today. For the wages of sin is death but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Romans 6.23 This week we're going to talk about sin. (laughs) I know, not your typical podcast. We are going to go there though, because this is it. This is the thing that entered humanity that screwed it all up. So we want to be honest about it. We want to be real about it. We want to equip you to have conversations about it. And we want to see God deal with this in all of us. So let's go. Isaiah 53.6 says this, We all like sheep have gone astray. Each of us has turned to our own way, and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. And last week we talked about creation and how good it was, that it was very good when God created man and set them in a place that he created for them because he wanted to share love with us he created. And so that foundation of why he created and what he created is so essential to understand before sin is introduced because the story shifts and it's the story we're all living in currently where there is brokenness, there is disappointment, there is broken relationships, there are mistakes that we've made in our past that have consumed our minds and our lives because we have shame and guilt. So all of us have been touched by sin. Every one of us has committed sin. Every single one of us, it says in Isaiah, has gone astray. And what does it say about sin? It says that we have turned our own way. And I want to talk about that for a minute because that idea of sin, it's hard to understand exactly what is sin. And it's that we choose something before we choose God and his way for us. We have turned our own way. That's what sin is, that we turn our own way, that we get what we want rather than what God wants for us. The power of Christianity is that that bondage to sin of having our own way is broken. And then because of the blood of Jesus, not only forgiving us our sins for eternity and making us right with God and putting us back in a right relationship with God, but freeing us from the bondage of sin, our compulsion to sin. We're born because of Adam and Eve in the garden. When they sinned against God, when they went their own way and they ate the apple that they wanted instead of obeying what God wanted for them, when they went their own way, there was immediately shame. It says that they hid 
They ran away. They, they covered themselves. They didn't want God to find them. And of course, we know that God finds us. God is everywhere, and, and we can't hide from God. And so what God wanted was for them to come out of sin, for out of hiding, out of shame, and back into relationship with Him. And so He made a way, and He, he demonstrated in Genesis exactly what would come, which was the blood sacrifice of an animal, and He covered them with clothes made out of that skin. And so it was a picture of the gospel that one day a sacrifice would be made that would be once and for all, that our sins would be covered, that it would be made right again between us and God. And that is his desire. That is the story of God. If you want it summed up, the story of God is he's fought for us to be back with him. It's a love relationship of a God who created that creation, spit in his face and turned away every one of them. And God said, I love him and I'm getting him back. That's the story of God that we are a part of this great love story, that he has so valued us and so set us in our places and created us for purposes that are beyond what we can imagine. He did all of that because he is so good, because he is so loving, because he is so powerful. And he wanted to share that with us. And we will get that forever. It is where we are headed. It's where the story is headed. And in the meantime, what do we do with that sin and how do we handle it and how do we teach our kids about it, right? So simply, I want to give you the best way I know how to teach your kids about sin and you're going to hate it. You ready? You got to show them yours. You've got to show them your sin. You've got to tell them when you mess up. Yeah, sometimes they're going to see it and you need to admit it and apologize quickly. But the greatest way for them to understand their own sin is to see sin in somebody they respect and love. Most often, that's going to be you. If we hide our sin from our kids, from our spouses, from our friends, if we live in hiding, they're going to be kids that live in hiding. If we openly confess sin regularly in our home, they're going to be kids that openly confess sin regularly in their homes. It's so funny in our house. There's so much grace for this that literally sometimes I'm like, oh, I have to I have to completely control my face because my kids will come in and they will tell me everything they've done and everything everybody they that they saw at a party did. And I'm like, okay, too much information. But I want them to tell me because that's the culture of our home. That's what we've taught them to do, to come in. And yes, there will be consequences, but they're safe. And there also will be forgiveness with those consequences. And so we've got a model confession, and we also have to model forgiveness and grace. And that doesn't mean there's not consequences and discipline. God has consequences. In fact, scripture tells us that he disciplines those he loves. Like he He makes sure that there are consequences for those that he loves. And we need to do the same as parents. But we also need to, with those consequences, issue forgiveness. And it's interesting. My kids want their consequences. They're like, okay, what, what's going to happen? You know, they want to know what it is. They hope it's not going to be that bad. But more than anything, they want to know they have a consequence so that they can get our relationship back so that, okay, tell, don't just be angry at me for a month, right? Like, don't just hold a grudge. Punish me, and then let's move on and go back to eating dinner and having a relationship and talking about our day because they don't want to be cut off from us, especially if they have loving parents that care about them. They want to be in right standing with them. In fact, one of the greatest punishments we ever had in our house was, uh, we called it boot camp. I think I've mentioned this here before, where we would just isolate a kid in their room and we would bring meals in there. Like they would just be completely isolated until they broke, you know, and admitted kind of where they were and apologized and made things right. But that really was their worst punishment. And that's what they'll talk about when they talk about, oh my gosh, mom and dad used to put us in boot camp. But what it was was separation. And that's what's happening between us and God when we sin too, is there's a separation. Now we know because of the blood of Jesus that we aren't actually separated because of what Jesus did on the cross, which we'll talk about next week. We actually aren't separated. His blood has forgiven those sins. But what it feels like in our hearts, if we are Christians, 
is that it's not the same, right? It's not the same. We want to be back right with our God because we like him and love him and we want him to know we love him. And so that distance is that reminder of, you know what? I need to confess. I need to make this right. Not to be saved, but to be back good friends with him. The same way we would apologize to our spouse or a friend if we hurt them, we'd say, hey, I'm so sorry about that. Like, will you forgive me? And and we would restore that relationship. And that's what we want to model for our kids is what does restoration and reconciliation look like with our own sin and, and specifically as they grow up with their sin? Guys, this is going to be one of the hardest things you do as a parent is confessing your own sin, apologizing for your sin to your kids, but also forgiving them for theirs and truly having a home that models the love of Jesus and the forgiveness of Jesus. There have been moments where I have felt panic for a child that is going their their own way, that has chosen it and seems to be on that road to sin and death. And I have absolute panic. And yet what I've learned over the years is the best thing I can do is to not panic because God's not panicked and to show them the love of God and model for them a safe place to land. Because eventually that road is just like the prodigal son. They'll go out into the world and that they'll follow that road and they'll realize, you know what, this isn't life and peace. This isn't what I want. When I was at home, when I was under my parents' roof, I saw life and peace. I saw a marriage where they loved each other. And it wasn't perfect, but they fought. They brought reconciliation. I saw a family that could make mistakes and find safety and protection and advocacy in that family. And I hope my kids walk away and they're like, you know what? There was life and peace in our home. And I believe that's what they do say and what they will say because we weren't perfect. We've made more mistakes. I mean, I can't even begin to tell you the stories of me losing my mind on my kids about things that were stupid and petty. So let me be clear. Like we make mistakes here, but we apologize for those mistakes and we make things right quickly because we like each other and we want to be right again. We want to be in right standing with each other. And the same is true for our relationship with God, that we would seek to be close to him again, that we would want more than our own way. We would want to be right with God. And I think that's our hope in our family is not that we punish every sin and call out every sin and poke at you know, every single thing they do wrong, but that we would give them a vision for a way of life and peace that's better than sin, that walking with Jesus is better than sin. It, it, while sin might comfort us for a minute, it destroys us in the end. And walking with Jesus might be a slower comfort, but it is a constant comfort. And it is actually what your soul is craving. It is actually what you want more than anything. So if you don't know, you missed our episode last week. On Tuesdays, I am getting to have incredible conversations with my niece and nephew about God and how much He loves us and His plans for us. And so our hope with this is that you would have great conversations with the kids in your lives about who God is and His plans for them. You know what? All of us need this. All of us need to know who God is in a bigger way and experience it fresh from the eyes of a child. So we are so glad you are here. And this week, we're going to talk about a really big word that all of us are familiar with but may not even know what it means, and that is sin. Now, sin is intimidating and a lot of questions about sin came up with my nephew and my niece. And some of the things we're going to talk about today, I think will encourage all of you wherever you are. So I'm going to read to you out of Romans 3.23. For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Every single one of us has made mistakes and we carry those mistakes with us. And those mistakes separate us from God. And that is why God hates sin so much. So let's go have a great conversation with Jack and Anna Kate. Well, 
why do you think God created Satan when he's going to do bad things? Yeah, so the story of Satan is that he was an angel in heaven. Did you know that? Yes. He was an angel in heaven. He was a beautiful angel. God had created a beautiful angel. And guess what Satan wanted? Powers. Powers. And what did Satan, he wanted to be like God. God. He wanted to be like God. And you know what? That is the first sin for Adam and Eve too. Did you know that? So when Satan got to the garden, he tempted them. He said, eat this apple. Do you remember that story? Mm -hmm. Bad day. Bad day for all of us because they ate the apple. And the reason they ate the apple is because they wanted to be like God. That's exactly what Satan did. He wanted to be like God. Why do you think that makes God so sad? Why is that such a bad sin that, that we would want to be like God? Because um, he, like, he, no one can be like him. That's exactly right. And that we just have to be ourselves and live our life. What, is, what does he want from us? He doesn't want us to be like him. Yeah. Not in that way. Not, not powerful like that. He doesn't want us to be in control of the whole wide world, does he? He wants us to be like him in that we're holy and that we're loving and kind and a good friend, but but he doesn't want us to be like him in our powers and think that we have control over everything because we don't have control. He has all the control. What do you think he wants? He wants us to be how he made us, and he didn't make us with powers because he knew that we would use them too much and become like Satan probably. And we just want us to like live our life how he made us. And what do you think he wants more than anything else, Anna Kate? What do you think he wants? If you could t- pretend you're interviewing God right now and, and he was going to tell you, Anna Kate, you know what I want for you more than any other thing. There's so many things I want for you, but do you know what I want for you more than any other thing? To just be happy and not sin and just and how how would you be most happy what how do you think god made you to be very very most happy to believe in him That's and right. like just read the bible and have fun That's right all those things but you know what he all you know what he wants more than what do you think let's go back to your daddy jack what does your daddy want from you more than any other thing he wants me to believe in God and that he wants me to love others than just by my than just That's myself. Right. <laughs> and you're about to you're about quoting scripture there. He wants you to love him with all your heart, soul, mind and strength, and to love others as you love yourself. And so that means that God, what he wants most of all from you is for you to love him and for you to like him and for you to go to him and for you to talk to him and for you to have a relationship with him. That is what he wants from you more than anything. And all the other stuff is just about that. So when you're reading your Bible, when you're praying, when you're obeying, all of it is just about you and God and showing him that you love him and being with him and knowing that he's got your best your best plan that is better than any creative thing you could think of. Let's talk about how you think God views you. Well, I think he views me as sometimes mean, but like sometimes special. Why would he be mean? Sometimes because sometimes I sin and I do bad things that I'm not supposed to. And What do you think he feels? He feels sadness, and he wants to help me with it. Why do you think? Because I also think that, like, he cries every time 
we sin. You think that? Mm-hmm. But he also, I also feel like he says that he, they sin, and that's okay. I still love them. So why do you feel that way about God crying when you sin? Why do you think he cries? Because he didn't want us to sin, but even though it happened, he still loves us. You think he's disappointed, or do you think, what do you think? Sometimes I think he's disappointed about us because we do wrong stuff. What if I told you he always knew you were going to mess up? He knew every thought before you think it. He knew every mistake you would make. Does that change maybe how he views it? Yes. So how do you think? So he knew. He knew, Jack. And and what did he do for you? He died on the cross for us. He knew. So why do you think he did that? Why do you think he died on the cross for us? Because if we if we would we would be the ones who would be on that cross. Mm-hmm. But instead, but instead, he put his life before ours. So, if he knew you were going to make those mistakes, and he sent Jesus to die for those mistakes before you were even born, then is he that big and surprised about your sin? No, no, he's not surprised. Why do you think? I agree with you that I do think God. God is sad over sin. I think he is sad over it. But why do you think he is sad over sin? Well, because that even though that he still take away sin, we still sin. Mm. And that he like he wants to help us with it. That's right. So if sin is bad because we get distant from God, right? That's what you were saying earlier. Then he doesn't want us to sin because he doesn't want us to be distant from him. And he wants us to have what Romans 8 says is life and peace. There are two roads, and our choice is to determine that road, right? So do we go down the road of sin and death, or do we go down the road of life and peace? And what do you think God wants for us? Life and peace. He wants life and peace. But so when we're going down the road of sin and death, if so, if Anna Kate, you love Anna Kate, right? Yes, ma'am. Do you ever fight with her? Yes. But you still love her. If Anna Kate was going down a road and there was a tiger at the end of the road that was going to just eat her up, And on the other road, there was so many fun things. It was cotton candy and rides at the the fair and and big animals that are fun to play with and not mean tigers. What would you want? What would you tell her? She's about to go down. She can either go down and get eaten up by a tiger or she can go down this way. And she has all these fun, awesome things waiting for her. What would you say to her? Um, I say, AK, don't go down, don't go down the path of death and sin. Go down the um, the road of life and peace. You would you would fight for, it. and that's what God does for us. He wants us to live in life and peace. He wants us to enjoy the things that He has made for us, the relationships He has for us. But but what does sin do? What do you think sin does to our lives? Like think of it for you, Anna Kate. What's what's a way that you've seen sin affect your life? When I just, like, fight with my siblings or I call people names or something. What's that feel like? After that, I feel sad and I feel disappointed. Yeah. It doesn't feel good, does it? I just think where we get confused about God is we think he's waiting to punish us or we think he's like a mean dad in heaven that's like, I'm so frustrated with Jack. I'm so mad at Anna Kate. But the truth is, God's like, I love you so much that I died for you. I sent Jesus to die for you. And I did that so that you could have life and peace, so that you could have that road to life and peace. Isn't that so kind of God? 
cannot say enough about the Dwell app. If you're busy like we are, Dwell is such a great way to listen to the Bible on the go. You can go and search the entire Bible and listen to verses specifically, or they have a ton of fun plans and playlists to listen to, like peaceful psalms or ones on wisdom and temptation and the parables. And sometimes we'll even play the playlist for going to sleep and listening to the psalms while you sleep. So we're really excited to share it with you guys this season. For 10% off the yearly plan, you can go to dwellapp.io slash Jenny or follow the link in the show notes.